1: Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. Breaking news here per
0: Landfill. Uh, landfill, you have some news for us? Look, I asked Pete Haley last night if he was going to be interviewing for Commander's OC, and, and he didn't deny it. Let's get right well, to the source. He doesn't
2: need to, because that that'll be the softest offense in the world. Let's get right to the
1: source. Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington, and the Washington Football Talk podcast joins us. Uh, Pete, can you confirm the rumors that you may, you may interview for the commander's Don't open. Don't do that. Don't hit him so hard. The commander's open offensive coordinator position.
3: Yes, I, I am going to interview for it. And, Brian, you're right. Instead of trying to move the ball down the field with a running or passing system, I'm just going to politely ask the defense they let us score. Can we score right or here? Touchdowns here or there. Yeah, and it just try and negotiate it that way, you know, man-to-man. You're not a great eyes, negotiator, That won't
2: work, Pete. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Stick to shooting (laughs) three-pointers. Rooster. Thank you. I I need you to tweet that out, breaking news, because Pete didn't even say I might. He said I will. Is that
3: accurate? uh, Yeah, it's accurate. You're not misconstruing my words. I'm not feeding this through Ian Rappaport or or anything. I'm coming right to you guys. I know you're the biggest newsbreakers around, and I'm excited for my chance. I'm going to go and really prepare. Oh, God.
1: I hope Rooster actually tweets it.
2: I would hope Um, that Pete would get an opportunity to go in and interview for a job like that. (laughs) I mean, if he, he does melt where, he where do so they always melt. like to go? Uh They would ask him one Is it the Capitol question. Grill in Reston? Where do they always yeah. go to wine and is it, dine folks? It's one DC in Reston. Prime? And there's another DC one DC Prime. Sure. It's another one he used to go to in uh Tysons, I think that steakhouse closed. You got the Palm and Tyson's. Yeah, but, but if I would just love to see somebody you ask Rick him Chris a tough question. He would say, "Well, no, nah, I don't believe in that."
1: Yeah. <laughs> what would yeah, your they, offensive they, they, philosophy be, Pete? Would you run
3: it two times
1: to every one pass?
3: I wouldn't do that. I I don't know, man. It'd probably just give it to Terry McLaurin on every single play. Maybe let him be the quarterback. Like, th- there would be no questioning of why McLaurin wasn't involved if I was OC. That would be my number one pillar, and I think people would like that, honestly.
1: All right. Uh, we're talking with our friend Pete Haley, who, uh, let's be real, is not going to interview for the commander's offensive coordinator job just in case there's any morons out there, um, and Lord knows there are. Peter, uh, what would you make of Scott Turner's firing?
3: Uh, deserved and necessary, and honestly, I was encouraged that Ron did it. We know that Ron can be loyal at times to a fault to people he's close with, and the fact that he was willing to show Scott the door when he needed to be shown the door was was a nice step. Now it's only half the battle, and it might not even be half the battle. It might only be like a quarter of the battle because now you have to figure out who's going to come in to replace Scott, who's going to come in willing to replace Scott, and uh, we'll see if Ron does a good job in that regard, or if he just uh, goes into his phone book and types in his uh, group chat of X Panthers people and, and throws in a text saying, "Hey, Chodzinski or Shula or Retread Number One or Retread Number Two, come on over." But uh, regardless, uh, he needed to do it, and, I'm, and unfortunately for Scott, it happens because I know Scott's a person and he has a family, but it was a move that needed to be done for the franchise as a whole.
2: I would be totally with you, if he hadn't just got that three-year extension, it's kind of like, you know, I'm letting you go because I took care of you already, though. Yeah, um, and, and that speaks to maybe this team
3: just not really understanding where it's going or what it's doing. If you're firing somebody you just extended to uh, six months before uh, you fired him, you thought this guy's worth keeping around for multiple years, and then all of a sudden you're, you're throwing him overboard. Like, what are you doing? doing exactly are you sure that you're evaluating people properly and that you know you're choosing the right people to build your franchise with I mean McLaurin and John Allen like you got those extensions right but when you're extending uh Scott Turner when you're bringing in Carson Wentz when you're signing William Jackson like more often than not it seems like Ron and this front office are putting their trust in people that aren't worthy of said trust
1: uh per Chris Russell on Twitter um Pete Haley just told B. Mitch and JP on 106.7 The Fan and the Odyssey app that he is expecting to interview shortly for the commander's offensive coordinator position. <laughs> Got to be better than the bingo caller experience in 2009. Um, I can't wait for people to take that seriously. I'm going to have to retweet that. Yeah, retweet, right. <laughs> B., you should put it on your Instagram. Um, all right, we're talking with Pete Haley here at NBC Sports Washington. L- let's get serious. How much better did they get by removing Turner?
3: Probably only slightly better, and then if they find a really good replacement, even that guy only makes them uh, slightly better, too. So two, two slightlys equals maybe like a, a tangibly better, but the real issue, the two real issues are the quarterback and the offensive line. I think the positions that fantasy football players care about and the positions that put up points are in good shape in terms of receivers and running backs, and I think tight end needs a little bolstering, but there are some young names that are promising there. But the guys who make up the core of the offense and the core of your franchise in the offensive line and the quarterback respectively need a ton of improvement and uh, you can bring in Eric Bieniemy, you can bring in uh, Don Coryell, you can bring in any genius OC that 's ever walked the earth, and it wouldn't make that much of a difference in Washington if the quarterback and o line positions aren 't also addressed so yes, like you, you needed to do it, but the, the checklist is far from done there's there's more rounding out that has to happen and what's depressing is I don't know how much rounding out can be done in terms of quarterback because you're drafting 16th this team has been hesitant to move up for a guy uh that the veterans they've tried to bring in have been failures so uh let's let's not expect this to all of a sudden explode because uh at at best it's probably going to top out in like middle of the pack if everything goes their way do you believe they have
2: the people in place to be able to correct this this year
3: no uh honestly not Um, I think it's more likely that this entire regime, including the new coordinator, is done this time next year after Week 18, either because they did poorly or they didn't do well enough under a new owner. Um, There's just such a small path for Rivera and Mayhew and OCX and Del Rio and all these other guys to make it through to 2024 and 2025 because their record is seven wins, seven wins, eight wins, and because more likely than not, there's going to be a completely new overseer who is going to have to be blown away to keep a staff that he or she isn't tied to, um, and what are the odds of Rivera blowing people away? The only time he's done that is when he's had a Cam Newton playing at an MVP level, and then when that's not happening, his blowing away is, is like 10 wins and, and getting into the playoffs and competing in the first round. Um, so Cam Newton in his prime isn't showing up anywhere, so I don't have faith really in this entire operation and uh, that's why you look at it, maybe it's best for them to just go with Sam Howell and and try and build up the roster around him so then the team is in better shape for the next group of decision makers.
1: Um, Talking with Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington, you had an article this morning, kind of your three big questions now that Ron made a significant move, I mean, Certainly, the most significant move he's made in the last two seasons. I think you can argue that the departure from Kyle Smith and the installation of Marty Herney and Martin Mayhew in the front office was probably more significant. But this is certainly the most significant change to his coaching staff ever in his Washington days.
3: What uh, what are your questions moving forward? Well, I've sort of touched on them, and it's the main questions everybody has: is who's next, and, and is Ron willing to go with a new? voice that he doesn't know and in thinking about that question like if you look at the defensive side of the ball del rio while he's had his issues both at the microphone and on the sidelines the reality is two out of three seasons his defense has been above average to well above average in all the key areas that we care about and ron and del rio didn't really have any familiarity with each other coaching wise until they united in washington and then if you zoom in even more ron fired sam mills one of his buddies one of his longtime associates and put in Jeff Scanina, who didn't have many ties to Rivera, and that D-line really improved. So on defense, a couple of leaders on that side of the ball have no ties to Rivera, and they've been successful. And Rivera's coaches that he knows, you know, John has done a good job, but Steve Russett, linebacker, is kind of ho-hum. Scott Turner is an OC, below ho-hum. So is Ron a, going to be able to and be willing to try and find someone he doesn't really know. And that's uncomfortable. Like, Bill Belichick is getting destroyed in New England because his coaching staff is all guys he knows. A lot of coaches want to hire people they know. It, it makes them comfortable. You know what you're going to get out of them. But introducing yourself to new voices and new schemes and just new concepts can be very beneficial. And uh, I know B. Mitch thinks Ron will, is hesitant to bring in players who would challenge him. And I'm, I'm wondering if he's hesitant to do the same with a coach. But that's one of my questions is, is Ron willing to put this year four on the plate of an offensive coordinator he's not familiar with? And then a, a smaller question, but one that still matters is, does Scott Turner leaving mean that Taylor Heineke is soon to follow him? Uh, yeah, Taylor so he- Heineke's strengths are, are moxie in leadership, but in terms of tangible strengths, one of them was knowing Scott Turner's system. And now that that system is gone, I feel like Heineke's appeal drops because uh, the system that is so convoluted and that he knew better than anybody, well, it's not in place anymore. So maybe finding a different backup who can maybe be cheaper or maybe in Sam Howell, who's younger and has more upside, becomes the, the route for the franchise to go.
2: Pete, I, I, you're talking some b now. I think that sometimes getting around people that are different than you, it opens your eyes to some stuff that you haven't seen because we've seen, if we go with Ron's history, we see a coach who has done the same stuff and basically had the same results for the most part, and they haven't been very good. Maybe just maybe listening to somebody else with their concepts and giving yourself a chance to learn something new may be more beneficial, not just for him, but for this damn franchise which needs it.
3: Yeah, it's it's a very basic way of running a company or an operation is after a while your your ways of doing things can become sort of second nature. They become a little stale. You get stuck in a way, and having a new set of eyes with – new approaches can can really enliven things and again you, you can bring in some guy who's coaching in the cfl or the xfl or is coaching in france for all i care and if he doesn't have a quarterback in an o-line no matter how brilliant his new ideas are it's not going to matter but if you can combine a new guy instead of someone that coached with ron and carolina or they they hung out one time and when they were in san diego like a new guy plus a new quarterback plus some new pieces up front with the skill guys, then okay, maybe this offense can actually live up to its potential instead of Logan Thomas and other guys lamenting the fact that it's not scoring like they're doing every week in the locker room this season.
1: What'd you make of the, uh, I mean, Logan kind of said it publicly. I think Charles <clears throat> Leno kind of said some stuff publicly. And then 48 had the big story um, with the anonymous stuff. Do you feel like players kind of knew Scott was gone and and they felt willing to open up at that point?
3: Yeah, one of the things that Ron's done a good job of is, is keeping everyone on the same uh, level and, and keeping everybody really cohesive as a team. So seeing those things, even if Sam 48's piece was mostly anonymous, um, we haven't had a lot of those like anonymous stories that have made up previous coaching staffs and previous GM. Uh, output so like that was a little jarring and then you know charles and Logan those are two veterans who've been around various teams and and aren't afraid to speak up more so than maybe a, a younger player someone's not as much stature would be so yeah i think they they sense that look we're looking around we see mclaurin and dotson and Samuel and we see Logan who maybe isn't himself but is still a pretty big tight end and a guy with good hands and we see these running backs and we're looking up at the scoreboard, and there's 17 points and 12 points and 17 points. And players, like we know, we always say that players know when a certain player is, is playing over a guy who's better than him. I think players know when their coach isn't doing them a favor. And, and that had reached a critical point. And uh, it was growing in noise, and I think it was prudent of Ron to, to cut that and end it before it seeped into next season too.
2: But the thing about it, when I, I hear a lot, and I hear – I know what, what we, we see what Scott's concept is, and we hear what they want to do. It doesn't match up what we want to do with what Scott's concept is, so they didn't know that before. Like now, you, you say you want to uh, run the ball two times more to one time that you are pass it. I don't know many uh, coordinators coming up that think like that right now.
3: Yeah, and unless you want to go hire Navy's old head coach who's available and <laughs> run Can your and me, like a Arturo. service academy. Yeah, I that that's what you're looking at, and I think ultimately they probably were being a little, you know, just spur of the moment saying two to one. Like no one in the NFL these days wants to run a two to one offense run pass, and I hope that's not true. Unless you're but Tennessee, what they want to do? They barely even yeah.
1: did one to one this year. Like yeah, it was 52-48 this past year towards pass.
3: Right, like that that quote will stick in people's minds, but it's not really what they want to do. They can be run first, but still want to throw the ball. But yeah that that also speaks to Brian why this whole thing is a bit depressing in that they don't they brought in Carson Wentz and then we're like oh my gosh Carson Wentz it didn't work and then they brought in Fitzpatrick before him and were like wow this this really didn't work or and they they have Scott Turner who wants to do one thing but Ron's speaking the other thing it just seems like even though Ron talks about collaborating and being on the same page with everyone it doesn't seem like they really are which is what's scary when one guy has the power and he's bringing in all his friends like they they should be together but they aren't even in this structure and that's why uh who this next oc is might not be that appetizing for fans
1: uh you got a gut shot who you think it's going to be
3: um i know that, that you've heard the shulas. other than yourself uh, it's yeah i don't think my interview is going to go that well I'm, I'm pretty nervous about it um but i am going to dress nice and gel my hair so maybe that's going to be enough but uh who was
1: giving me a hard no. time about wearing a sweater and they actually meant pete is that a caller earlier? A caller. Yeah, caller was like, J.P., stop wearing sweaters. I was like,
3: I didn't. That was Pete.
1: So yeah. Well, you got that going. So they nice. think
2: you're Pete. Uh, <laughs> no,
3: no gut shot, J.P. I know you have tabbed that guy with the Rams. I believe his name's like Mike Thomas, Thomas Brown. I think his name is Thomas Brown. Yeah. I, I like that. He's a young guy. He's a McVeigh guy. Um, so I'm kind of just going to ride your coattails and think that's the person, even though there's plenty of older retreads that Rivera's probably already been in touch with.
2: We
1: shall see, man. We shall see. My Thank name you for the time, a,
2: buddy. Throw my name in the hat. What y'all think gonna happen today? they going to burn it up. What
3: about Deuce? Text him. I'll text him. I mean they're not about playing Pete, co-coordinators. We'll run this thing like a college offense,
2: baby. No, Pete. Mm-mm. I would do nothing with football <laughs> when it comes with, with you. Believe me. Except, except how many run things, me over in JP's How many things backyard. would
1: you do with Pete if, if you guys were co-billing?
2: Probably none.
3: <laughs> I mean, you work with JP every day. Like, you can stomach some annoying, you know, nah, friends. I, see, and you, you, co-workers. I think I'm a little you, bit little, you, You're a little, you a little bit out
2: there, and uh, you don't listen. <laughs> you just think you know. You, you're a young dude that think you know everything. I would destroy you.
3: I would hurt <laughs> you. You literally could be describing JP with all
1: those No, no, no. JP, JP, JP something, when
2: JP don't agree. <laughs> he just shuts up. You keep talking. Right. i well,
1: also I'll I'll shut up and I, let your show I think I have... Some some merit in it on my own that is being discounted here. I'm saying course, bro, you, you don't Dave, agree with something that somebody's saying,
2: you yeah. just shut up on it. Pete will try to start talking about it and not know what he's talking about. Goodbye, Pete.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. P. mitchell Finley. When we come back, somebody went forty for forty. That is just unbelievably absurd. I'm going to tell you who. Don't come forty around. for forty and what? I'll tell you.